Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. With the uncertainty of how long Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in the Big 12 right now, they're obviously contractually obligated to be there for two years before they join the SEC. Obviously, you hear lots of rumblings that there may be an early buyout. We don't know any of that stuff, but let's just say for the sake of argument that maybe this is the only year that you're going to have an opportunity to face Texas and Oklahoma. That makes these games even more important. Sure, especially when you consider that against Texas and Oklahoma and one of the stranger stats that BYU football is currently enjoying, <laughs> you're a combined 6-1 and one against the Longhorns <laughs> and Sooners. 4-1 and one against Texas and 2-0 and all against the Sooners. The numbers don't lie. Bring them on, right? Woo, buddy! We already got BYU media members talking trash. Is that what I hear? Saying bring it on, all right, if you want the smoke. Yep. Hey, I need need to dislike one of these new teams in the league, and I don't know if I'm going to feel good about uh, hating BYU if that's the team. I don't know. I might feel bad about that, Um, but all right, BYU, just, you know, throwing it out there 6-1 against the two teams and saying bring it on, okay? I feel like, uh, you know, at minimum, he says, you know, numbers don't lie. I mean, some context would be helpful, but you know, <laughs> we, we we won't we won't we won't bring any context if if they want to you know hang the banner over their two and zero and and let us try and rewrite it come November. We'll we'll, we'll be there. Yeah, um, I don't think uh, anyone around here likes the fact that you've never beaten BYU before. Gonna go ahead and need to change that come uh, mid November. Gonna need to go ahead and change that. Not let BYU have a three and O all time record once you uh, roll to the SEC. Because I don't know about you, but I do think that this is OU's last year in the Big Twelve. And yeah. if I were to put a percentage on it, I might go north of like eighty percent. Yeah, I'm operating as if it is already. So I, I've already made up in my mind that it is the last year. Uh, you know w- what? What that same show will be saying, Tyler, if we do lose and uh, go down to 0-3 against BYU. BYU uh, fans will claim that that's why we're going to the SEC. We're running, um, we're running from BYU. Look, and, and I don't, any, nobody can, should concern themselves with what BYU fans think, but it is annoying, and at the same time, you don't want to hear it, even though it you know, wouldn't be accurate, right? Exactly. You don't want to let them uh, ha- have that little uh, thing to hang over you at exactly. any point. Well, yeah, you missed the, uh, the big reveal today, so, so here's your chance to sound off just your uh, – overall thoughts about the schedule release yesterday you know I, I think it lays out pretty favorably uh, for Oklahoma uh, you miss some teams that uh, quite frankly uh, you're fine with missing really right you, you miss out on Baylor which is fine Aranda's kind of had our number uh, they 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 beat us with the gentleman's 10 points uh, last year which was three on the scoreboard but they kneeled late to run out the clock uh, you know, obviously Texas Tech, Joey McGuire's doing a great job with their building down there in Lubbock, recruiting actually really well for that program, and that's no surprise given his Texas high school football ties. And then Kansas State, I don't have to tell any OU fans that yeah. Kansas State's had our numbers. Yeah. So, 
avoiding those three teams, uh, you know, I think I think I think I'm fine with that because you know you can say, oh man, I wanted to get revenge before we left, but I mean, what three teams on our current schedule are you replacing? with those just so you can get revenge. And here's the problem, Tyler. When you lose a bunch of games, you got a lot of opportunity for revenge. So Oklahoma's got more opportunity for revenge uh, than they typically do. But I think it lays out really nicely for Oklahoma. I I think the schedule is extremely favorable, man. Like If that's what you're looking for, like a a schedule that gives you the best chance for a bounce-back year, I I think that you were handed that. I think your schedule, even in conference, like – Texas' schedule is more difficult because they've got to go to Alabama. But if you just want to look at your conference schedule versus their conference schedule, I think their conference schedule might even be more difficult than OU's. So you you got dealt a a really good hand. That's why I was a little bit confused by ESPN when they had winners and losers in the conference for for the schedule release. And for for a winner, they said uh, Kansas State. Kansas State seemed to get its respect kicking off the league schedule at home for the first time since 2017 against UCF. Uh, K-State will also host Houston, meaning they won't travel to any of the new team stadium this year. But they had Oklahoma as a loser with the schedule unveiling. Oklahoma begins the Big 12 play with the road trip to Cincinnati and wraps up the season with its first ever trip to BYU on November 18th before hosting TCU. The Sooners have one of the most unfamiliar schedules and won't play Kansas State or Baylor this season. Yeah, exactly. And you that said it. <laughs> that doesn't make them a loser. It probably makes them a winner. Unfamiliar is not a bad thing. It's like they it's like they screwed up when they were like yeah. they wrote a description that explains why it's a winner right. and just put it under <laughs> yeah, the loser. And you're like, seriously. wait a minute, that doesn't make sense because I, I think they're I think they're leaning Tyler. I think they're leaning really heavily into playing TCU on a short week after a trip to BYU, which. Okay, I guess, but what are we expecting out of TCU this year? I mean, Quentin Johnson's gone. Max Duggan is going to be gone. You got, oh, yeah, Garrett Riley was the hottest, you know, yeah. OC hire in the country this year. He's gone. And you replace him with Kendall Bryles. And I don't know if you've watched a lot of Arkansas recently, but Kendall Bryles, he didn't have the football performance. The offense didn't have the football performance there in Arkansas that I think a lot of people expected. And that's why a lot of my, my TCU friends. You know, we can get get into why they may not have wanted to hire him. You know, for one reason, but just specifically from a football reason, they're like, this is not an exciting hire. But then you have to think, okay, TCU, where does that OC job rank? You know, who are you getting to come there? But no Garrett Riley, no Max Duggan, no Quentin Johnson, along with a bunch of other people that left. I don't expect TCU yeah. to be a back-to-back playoff game. Yeah, I just I, they, they laid out, like you said, the reasons why OU's a winner. Unfamiliar schedule. Well, it's not like the unfamiliarity is Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia coming Cincinnati in next year. We're talking about Cincinnati and UCF and, and BYU. And I understand that Cincinnati was in a playoff two years ago. BYU won double-digit game two years ago. UCF was in a conference championship game, but I don't think any of those teams are going to be top 15 teams this yeah, year. Yeah, that Cincinnati OU, team that went to the playoff, like they they had, I think, what, the most draft picks of any Cincinnati team in their history, yeah. including one Sauce Gardner, who's yeah. probably the best corner in the league right now? As it sits right now, and yes, as we talked yesterday, that there is absolutely a team that can emerge like TCU last year, and maybe that'll happen. But as the schedule sits right now, um, in terms of like big programs in college football, and OU is obviously one of those, I think that you can make a great case that OU is going to have the most favorable schedule 
of any top program in college football next year. Now, some of you might say, well, what about Georgia? Like, OU doesn't play Georgia, but that doesn't mean Georgia plays OU. Well, Georgia still has to go to Tennessee next year, you know? Georgia still has to play a South Carolina team that, you know, might be on the verge of doing some things. A Kentucky team that's, you know, really gotten it going with Mark Stoops here. A Florida team, like, we'll see, like... OU schedule, I think, even compared to Georgia's, and people have been making jokes about Georgia's schedule, I think OU schedule is significantly easier than that even of a Georgia schedule. Yeah, I don't know. It uh, it sounds like uh, I don't know the, uh, the the listener base, the text line might uh, back me up on this. It sounds like Tyler is already primed to uh, talk about an SEC program. Did you guys hear that? Oh man. Kentucky and South Carolina and all the the grind the grind of the SEC schedule is just going to be ridiculous. I just I don't know. I, I think Tyler's the ready. Grind of the SEC East schedule. Tyler, yeah. I am ready. Man. Tyler is ready. I love Who's it. Who's not ready to get to go to the SEC? I love Come it. Come on, I love see this it. home schedule this this year. You better be ready to go to the SEC. I think uh, I think uh, I think Tennessee. You're right. Is a very tough game. Uh, for Georgia, we saw you know what Tennessee could do last year with Alabama coming to town. Obviously, uh, you know Alabama, Tennessee, big rivals, the Cigar Night, everything like that. One of the really cool environments uh, in college football, especially given that game. But yeah, Georgia not having them on the schedule. I know it bummed out a lot of people, but this is this is a get right schedule, man. It uh, is, our, dude. Our, our, it uh, is. Our, I did not expect it to be that way either. No, our buddy Greg. Uh, um, pointed that out on Twitter he's like this is this is pretty much as much of a get right schedule as you can have because even your tough stuff if you want to say that going to BYU and then hosting TCU on a short week on that Friday is the toughest part of your schedule cool it's the last two weeks <laughs> yes yeah, like cool like yeah go for it uh Baylor was listed as a winner they play a school record eight home games this season Sheesh. first four matchups at home a loser was Iowa State. I guess they have a tough closing date. They finished with a trip to Provo for its first matchup against TCU since 19 or BYU since 1974, and then they host Texas and then travel to K State. Yeah, that's a pretty tough three, three game stretch for uh, for Iowa State. Yeah, well, and and you know, talking about home games, I mean, we get to play. We go at Tulsa, which is going to feel like a home game. And even I know it's going to be a ruckus environment, but it's very easy to get to Stillwater for a lot of OU fans. Sure. So this isn't a situation where, man, our road games are at UCF and at West Virginia. Like, it's not that kind of thing. There's still going to be a lot of OU representation at these stadiums. Uh, I love how chippy BYU is getting, says the 405. Adds excitement to the best road game of the season. Yeah, chippy um, trash talk. Sober trash talk. That's going to be maybe that's going to cut a little bit deeper. Yeah, they can't. They can't blame it on the, the alcohol as uh, <laughs> T Pain used to. TCU is a one-time Cinderella that it won't ever make it back. That's from the nine one eight. Another one from the nine one eight. It's hard to hate BYU fans when Sam Bradford got hurt. They felt sympathy for OU fans. Quote: Sorry about your quarterback. I think that makes it worse. I don't want to hear from the opposing yeah, team. Pity sorry about your quarterback. Yeah. You're calling them nice. I think that they knew what they were doing. Pity there. is not great. Oh, sorry about your quarterback. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your sorries to yourself. I don't need that right now. <laughs> Brian in Tulsa says, better yet, OSU only plays one team from Texas in Houston. Just weird. Did, um, I, did I tell you uh, what I saw an OSU fan say, Tyler? What's that? Uh, that uh, the reasoning that the Big 12 didn't schedule uh, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, or Texas on OSU's schedule 
is to try and kill their Texas recruiting base. Oh, wow. So that the, the 54th ranked recruiting class uh, in 2023, the Big 12 is terrified that OSU is uh, going to disrupt the competitive balance moving They're forward. They're going to take over Houston. So you know? uh, let's go ahead and make sure they can't recruit Texas very well. I'm like, all right, let's let's calm down. Uh, I'll take your opinion on this as well as the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Three toughest games as you look at it right now on the schedule. I think number one's pretty easy, right? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, Texas obviously, uh, you've got to scrub that You've got to you've got to really given the opportunity. If you've got a lead in that game, this has to be a throat stomping type situation. We've got to get that forty nine and zero thing, you know, out out of people's minds. So uh, hopefully they are cooking up a good uh, little quarterback controversy by then. I uh, I, don't, I think that that could absolutely be the case. I mean, because they are going to have played Alabama, which we assume is not going to go very well for them. And then they've got, you know, Aranda on the road. I don't know, a, a Kansas team. So they got a rivalry, back-to-back rivalry games for Texas. Kansas and then Oklahoma. That's that's uh, Nobody's talking about that very much. But, yeah, I think our toughest games, uh, Texas – and probably you wait until the last of the season. You got, you know, at BYU and then TCU on a short week. I think those are your toughest games. And I think, you know, you're guaranteed to have Texas always in that same spot in October. So if you if you just had to pick when you want your other two toughest games, sweet. Put, yeah. a, put them at the back of the schedule. So you want to go Texas at BYU and TCU at home is your three, Those right? are my three, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I got two out of those three. Um, I definitely have Texas number one, biggest game of the year, toughest game of the year, right. all that. I do think BYU, there's just such a wild card with that Provo trip because you don't know what the weather's going to look like. I mean, I wouldn't expect it to be a blizzard, but it's probably going to be pretty cold out oh, there yeah. in Provo. Oh, yeah. And Cincinnati's a wild card to me, man. You know, they've got a new coaching staff. I don't know exactly what the turnover on their roster looks like, but that's their first conference game, I think. I believe that's their first conference game, Cincinnati, and they get to host OU. Yes, it So is. you know they're going to be primed up for that. I, I would probably say Texas at Cincy and at BYU, but I think the Cincinnati game could be replaced by the TCU game, depending on how good they are. You know Oklahoma State's, whatever they are next year, um, right. they're going to give you their best game. I, I guess I would probably say – yeah, I'll, I'll say at Cincinnati, though. Yeah, for, for it'll now. be interesting because hopefully, um, you know, Tulsa is the week before that. Hopefully that is a bit, and I know Kevin Wilson, I actually do like their hires. I like uh, Kevin Wilson, you know, Spurrier's down there too. Like, I, I like what they're doing in Tulsa, no doubt. Um, but that can be a bit of a tune-up game, perhaps, before you go at Cincinnati, so if you're able to maybe rest some starters near the end of the uh, game against the Golden Hurricane, uh, and then and then go into that you know Cincinnati game, I, I like where it lays on the schedule. Uh, text line, let's see. Doug Miles says Texas at Cincinnati at BYU just need to match the intensity of the environment. Uh, Texas at Oklahoma State and at Kansas will be the closest games of the season. Yeah, we even throw around Kansas, but they got their quarterback coming back. They've yeah. got some momentum. You know they got a head coach up there, obviously, after this past year. Yeah, geez. Maybe we need to start thinking a little bit you know, more seriously about that KU game being in the top three. I don't know. Yeah, and it's uh, 
you know, it's a week before at Bedlam. So when you look at where they kind of lay on the schedule, it's natural. Uh, you know, I know you, we expect Brent to have our guys locked in, but it's kind of natural to maybe, you know, take a take a peek ahead on the schedule uh, to maybe what looks like it could be the last Bedlam game. Uh, you'll be coming off a home game uh, where you host Central Florida, which obviously – is where Dylan Gabriel came from, where Jeff Levy came from. Like that's, you know, that could have some emotion to it. So, yeah, Kansas. I mean, they're. I, I think I don't think they're in the cellar this year. They. I don't think. No, no. I mean, they're not. I don't think. They're, no. Well, I mean, they they got their 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 best player. I think was Jalen Daniels last year. Yeah. He got hurt for half of the year. Right. Like that was actually the most impressive thing about Kansas is. You know, early on they rode the momentum of you know how good of he, he was as a quarterback, and right. it, they caught a lot of people hurt, off guard, though. Yeah, they did. They caught a lot of people off guard. Now, when they got hurt, they started you know losing some games, you know, but they still made it to a bowl game without their quarterback for half of the year. Like that's they're 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 on the come up, man. Yeah, I, I'd li- I'll see. I'd like to see what teams can do with with more tape on Jalen Daniels, and they, yeah. I mean he's absolutely he's he's a stud, no doubt about it. But I do think. A lot of people, especially nationally, were wrapped up in the "Oh my God, is Kansas like Oh my God, Kansas is ranked. Oh my God, Kansas is bowl eligible." Like there was just so much just shock because Kansas has been the butt of every joke nationally for the last decade or two. Well, I guess decade because you know eight, but Texas BYU KU three very winnable games, but probably the toughest. Uh, Brian says Texas two in a row playing in Provo. Because that stadium is insane, and then TCU on a Friday, and then one more. A tune-up game for OU. You act as if they're coming off a banner year with an established coach. Peep reality, fellas. Oh, well, they are coming off a banner year. <laughs> yeah, not if a you're good talking banner. about Kansas. No, 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 no. So that text is in reply to me saying that Tulsa could uh, has okay, the opportunity gotcha, to be gotcha. a tune-up game. I thought there, there was in reference Here's the thing. to Kansas. We're not coming off a banner year, there's no doubt about it. But I also think that we should beat Tulsa comfortably. I think there's a difference in losing yes, you should losing Tulsa. close games to you know teams like Baylor and Texas Tech and all this, and then not not being able to beat Tulsa, you know, with in their first year. So. I feel like I always have to preface everything with this because the text line is like slow the roll. You were bad <laughs> last year. I, yes, we all know that they were six and seven last year, and yes. they weren't a great football team. But I think they're going to be better this year if there's some serious issues with SMU, with Arkansas State or Tulsa, then this team's got a lot bigger. The first three games of the season should all be easy wins. Yeah. I, I mean, I, with, sorry. With, yeah, probably SMU being the toughest of those. So, with Tulsa, I know we can't overlook anybody. I'm not saying, you know, you can just go out there and the logo on the helmet will win the game. But I do think in year two – we should expect to have a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter against Tulsa. Yeah, that's a fair expectation. If, is if, to three three opponents that won't be in the top twenty five most likely that you should blow all three of them. And out. this is coming from the the only Tulsa based employee of the entire station. Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a Tulsa guy. You might have to look for uh, some real estate around here after what, today. Won't let you back in. 39 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hey, we got a big basketball game tonight at the LNC. Yeah, we do. Big, and the big, best big. news about it, it's absolutely free. You don't have to pay to get in. Free 99. How big of a game is this for OU? What is it on the must-win scale, on a scale from 1 to 10? We'll tell you coming up next. Keep it locked. The second half, they got 
going with their pace. They made shots. You know, they've, they really, you know, were making shots all over the place. But it started with transition defense, getting back, having a resistance point earlier. They had us on our heels to the paint the whole second half. Um, and that's kind of you know, what it was. It wasn't even us. We, we, we made 19, nine of our first 14 shots. But we just, we just, our defense just kept on going. It, it, didn't, it wasn't there for us for a whole half, and it's been there for us a lot, but it wasn't there for us. And we've got to stop that pace um, that they play with. They, write, they want to play really fast. Their guards are elite. They defend. They, 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 they run on makes. If you make a basket, you can't celebrate. They're up the floor in three seconds. So we've got to, we've got to stop that pace. Supporter Moser on what he learned from OU's loss in Stillwater a couple of weeks to go. Bedlam round two tonight in the LNC, 8 p.m. on ESPN2. OU listed as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Pokes, both teams at 12-9 and nine on the year. Free admission, Red Panda will be the halftime entertainment tonight. I'm happy about that, as is Travis. And you drove from Tulsa today. I drove from Oklahoma City. The roads were fine for me, and it sounds like the roads were fine for you as well. So Yeah, I left early uh, to make sure that I was here in plenty of time. And yeah, roads were great. So uh, I know on their uh, social media announcement, OU Basketball, they did say, if you can make it there safely, it's free to get in. This might be kind of a perfect... The perfect storm, no pun intended, if you will, to say, hey, maybe early in the week they thought the roads were going to be bad, so they said, hey, let's yeah. go ahead and let in everybody free that can get there. And then good old Oklahoma said, ha, gotcha, what roads are fine, why don't you come on in? So should be a packed house. If you can't pack out a day against a rival coming off your biggest win of the year, I mean, with free tickets, I don't know when you can fill it. Yeah, you would hope that it's going to be a really good environment. Is it going to be as good of an environment as it was on Saturday? I don't know. Like It was a great Tough atmosphere on Saturday. Tough it was beat. really good. But hopefully that you can get close to that. And also, it's, it's a cashless venue. So if you are going to be... Uh, you know, coming, maybe you don't come to a lot of basketball games or anything like that, and you're going to take advantage of the free ticket situation tonight, which I highly recommend. Come with the free tickets, but you have to bring a card, uh, you know, no cash at the concession stand. So don't get caught up there with your wallet. Basketball Power Index, OU, uh, 60.3% chance to win this game. Current bracketology, is OU like the last team in the field as of today? I think they're the second to last team, second perhaps. To last. But Oklahoma State is the third to last team out yeah. I think so this is this is a massive massive game for both teams but Tyler given OU the OU men's last two performances who do you expect to show up tonight you just had the worst loss know, of, of Porter's OU tenure and then the best win of OU uh, of, of Porter Moser's tenure like what do you what do you expect in this I don't expect the team that showed up on Saturday like we haven't seen that type of performance all year long, and maybe not in a couple of seasons. If so, the team that shows up on Saturday shows up, we're they're going to win by fifty. 40. Yes, yeah. it's going to look like the Alabama Vanderbilt score last night. Which, by the way, Bama took out its frustrations on the poor old Commodores, one hundred one to forty four last night. Jeez. Has 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 Joe C Woo. issued an official apology oh, uh, to Vanderbilt? Man, uh, because I think I think one is in order. Fifty seven point win for Bama last night. Uh, that was a larger margin than what Bama beat Vandy in football this year. That's what kind of a beatdown it was. The must-win scale tonight for OU and Bedlam, like where they're at in bracketology, what's happened here recently, what's coming up, the fact that it's a home game. I'm putting the must-win scale at a 10. 
I think it's a 10 out of a 10. If you want to make the NCAA tournament, I don't think that you can afford to lose this game. Because if you lose this game, you've got some momentum right now, man. The fan base is kind of charged back up, and you know, you're trying to ride that wave of momentum. You can't lose this game, especially because it's at home. You lose this game, you're on the wrong side of the bubble. you got to go to West Virginia this week and still a lot of tough Big 12 games left. you, you got to win this game, man. You, you've got to win this game on your home floor. It's a 10 for me. Yeah, I think... I think because of this league, I'm going to put the must win at a seven, which I know seems really low. I think you should be able to get this game, but you have opportunities at number 11 Baylor. You've got Kansas coming. You've got Kansas State coming. Those are both top eight. Kansas and Kansas State coming. Both are top eight teams. You've got to go at Texas, top 10 team. You've got to go at Iowa State. 13th and then at Kansas State 7th and then you close with 15th ranked TCU so this league if you lose this one there there's opportunity out there to get back into yeah, it but, but how good will you feel about them going to go oh, winning those games oh you don't you don't feel good you don't feel good about it at all but at the same time this league it gives you opportunities to get back right because I think what we saw in the SEC Big 12 challenge is man this league is I mean we knew it was good and you and you see all the you know, Ken Palm and all these ratings and this, that, and the other, FPI. But then when you see them go up against the SEC, who has some good basketball teams, and go, what not, What do we go, nah, uh, what was the uh, what was the final record of the SEC Big 12 Challenge? 7-3. to 7-3, three. Three, yeah, 7-3. to three. I mean, that's that's pretty sizable, so especially, it is, especially I, with their best team getting, getting smoked. I just don't think that you can navigate through this conf- uh, conference without confidence. Like You've got to have confidence. You've got to feel good about yourself. And OU feels good about itself right now. They do. They, they, they've got some confidence. Surefield, best game of the year. Jalen Hill's uh, best game of the year. I thought Tanner Gross may have had one of his best games of the year. This team is a team that has to operate with a lot of confidence. And if you lose a home game to Oklahoma State tonight, a very winnable game, a game where you're favored, I think that could take a whole lot of confidence away. Yeah, so no, I, I they, they got to win this game to kind of keep, in my opinion, the good vibes going. What's interesting with with Tanner Groves, and I know he doesn't fill up the stat sheet like a lot of people maybe expected. You know, he kind of everybody remembers that that Kansas you know tournament game where he went off. I mean, he is battling down low, and and he's he's kind of the the heartbeat. I know Grant Sherfield's your best player. Um, Jalen Hill, you know, is uh, is probably your best defender. Uh, but when you look at kind of the heartbeat and what gets everybody amped up, the fans amped up, the students amped up, man, Tanner's got that personality of getting the crowd into it. So if he if he's having a good game, uh, then I feel like uh, I feel like he affects the crowd so much. These are pretty similar teams in terms of uh, points for and points against. Uh, points per game, OU sixty eight point five. OSU sixty eight point eight, so right there in the same neighborhood. Points against OU sixty four point eight, OSU sixty three point one. So OSU likes to get out and run, like you heard Porter Moser just say after a bucket. So we'll see at what type of pace this game is played. But you're right, man. I mean, if you can just get that from Grant Sherfield, and I'm not even talking about over thirty points. You just get a game from Grant Sherfield where he's around he's twenty, twenty one points. Yeah. If Jalen Hill is anything remotely close as to what he was on Saturday, just those two things will probably be good enough to get you a win. But. Well, and and perhaps perhaps Porter and the players, but perhaps Porter 
kind of found that secret sauce that said, man, this team, maybe we need to play with a little more pace. You know, that's when, when people talk about this particular OU team, they say, man, the pace is kind of hard to watch. That's why maybe we don't have the attendance we, you know, have had in the past because it's not a, it's not a high flying, it's not, you know, high scoring, it's not this, that, and the other. Well, it was against Alabama. I mean, when you got 50 at half, you're going, okay, cool, let, let, let's keep playing with this pace. And I think that plays better to a guy like Grant Sherfield, kind of playing in rhythm and getting up to that pace. So let's see tonight if if OU pushes the pace a bit more than they have maybe in the past. You know what impressed me the most about the uh, OU-Alabama game, other than they destroyed the number 2 team on their home floor, which is enough, right? The we all, we, well, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good too. It was amazing. We all thought the same thing, though, most likely. They're up by 17, and it's like, oh, yeah. my gosh, you're really – okay, well, that halftime, when they came out in the second <laughs> half, Alabama came they out in the like second half. They had like a quick 7-0 run, Yeah, I was right? like, oh, God, yeah. here it comes. But then you ended up extending your lead in the second half. It wasn't the same thing this time around, right? Right, like right. They got, Did they get it up to a 30-point lead, I think, yeah. at one point in that game? Yeah, so you actually, with like five minutes left or something like that. You, you actually extended your lead in the second half, which is not something that this team has been known for this year. There were just some very, like, outside of the hot shooting and good deep, there were just some very encouraging things about what happened on Saturday. And you're hoping that it just rolls over to tonight. Please let it roll over to tonight. And again, I think pace had so much to do with it. I think playing with that pace, playing in rhythm, uh, obviously – uh, you know, Jalen Hill having the best game of his career. Let Sherfield play helpful. at that pace if that's what does yeah, it. Let, I mean, what, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Fine. And guess what? That style seems like it's probably pretty easy to recruit to because you're going to get a lot more shots. You're going to get a lot more opportunities to showcase your abilities, a lot more possessions and things like that. So I – I really like that style. Now, Tyler, it's a lot more fun to watch, by the what way. I'm, too yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's, net, it's positive everywhere. Net positive everywhere. My thing is, is this something we see going forward? Right? It, did he? Did he say, okay, this is the secret sauce. This is how this team's going to win. Because if you can beat Bama that badly, there's not a there's not a team in the country that you can't beat if you play like that. Yeah, I, I think you got to stick with what's working. Yeah, and that's what's working. I mean, it was just one game. It's not multiple games, but. It gave you your best performance of the year, that's for sure, man. But Sherfield, when he's like that, you can you can do some some very, very yeah. nice things. Text line, guy says 68.5 points per game. That rounds up to 69. Very nice observation. Nice. Shark says, I'm pissed because I've already paid for my tickets. Well, at least you can actually claim that seat. Yeah, that's, that's the, the thing. good thing about the tickets. Because If I, someone's in your seat, Shark, you tell them, uh, get up and go somewhere else. Because I'll be sitting right on the aisle over there, and I think 126. Yeah, that's uh, I'm keeping that aisle seat. Is so. the game tonight free for Aggie fans too? I think you should have to pay full price if you're wearing orange and or black. Well, I think that's how they're making up for the ticket sales. You actually pay double if you're <laughs> yeah. wearing orange. So, <laughs> so I think that's how they're getting some of their revenue back. Uh, I just have to laugh at Lincoln Riley for a moment. He thought he would be able to get USC and every West Coast recruit he wanted. He thought he was at OU. They finished outside the ten, uh, top ten in recruiting today. Yeah, we've made fun of that multiple times. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. I mean, but it's not necessarily the ranking that makes me laugh. It's the it, Tyler. I think uh, we remember when we were talking about them losing to Utah, right, and then them losing to Tulane. It was it wasn't the fact we didn't think Lincoln was going to go out there and lose, you know, eight games. We we knew we knew they were going to win some games. Our whole point the entire time was unless you get the strength and conditioning and the defense fixed, you will you will not beat the extremely physical teams, right? That's what Utah is. That's what Tulane was. So with that, 
seeing the recruiting class, sure, it's ranked 11th or 12th or something like that, depending on what service you look at. But their top recruits, wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver. It's it's the it's the 2019 OU class all over again. Yeah. And we know how that ends. It's very easy to recruit, especially in California, quarterbacks and wide receivers. You got a bunch of them out there. Bunch of bunch of kind of more the the pretty positions, if you will. You're not going to find a bunch of big uglies down there. You're not, he, man. And, and he's struggling to find them. I was looking at the top five uh, players in each state. Well, like Georgia, Texas, Florida, the power states. And, you know, Florida had defensive linemen and backers and corners in their top five. And same thing with Georgia, same thing with Bama, same thing with Texas. And U.S. or uh, California's top five players is like three quarterbacks and two wide receivers. Yes, absolutely. And I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon, man. He's going to have to go off the West Coast to get those players that he's going to need to win a championship. Which sounds alignment. hilarious. Yeah. Which sounds hilarious. The whole point of going out to the Mecca is that, hey, you know what? All, all you know, Matter Day and Los Alamitos and all these places, they're right down the road. Right down the road. Just come on out. Muleshoe falling in the rankings faster than his hairline on the back of his head, Ooh. says Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Ooh. Ooh. You guys are not pulling punches Valid. today. I like it. You. Hey, midweek. Let's go. 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. More to come next right here on The Ref. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on The Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call us. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships or visit FowlerAuto.com to see the Fowler standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. We're inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio on this Wednesday. Bedlam coming your way, 8 p.m. tonight at the LNC. Free admission. And honestly, the roads are fine. The roads are uh, the roads are uh, definitely in shape to get to the basketball game tonight. Yeah, they we'll are. We'll sign off on that one. They are. But but if you do, that this is, I mean, you can't hold us liable if you do, uh, you know, Getting an act. If you rear end somebody or something like that, don't call up to the station. Um, this is not uh, legal advice or anything like that. Uh, but in our opinion, as people who drove today on it and have been driving on it, the roads are fine. Go to the free basketball game. the The eight o'clock game. You can get off work at five. You know whether you're in Edmond or whether you're you know in Oklahoma City, wherever you are, you've got plenty of time to get off of work. Go home, change, meet up with some some buddies for happy hour, whatever, and still get to your 8 p.m. tip. Plenty of time. 405 says, what was our final recruiting ranking? Uh, that would be number four. You have a very slim margin right now over Ohio State, but you're going to stick right there at number four. OU's going to finish with a top five class. Bama at one, Georgia at two, Texas at three, and OU at four. So what would I, – I, I guess this is a – you can ask this question since this is National Signing Day and it's it's all over now and you added Taylor Heim today. What letter grade text line would you give this 2023 recruiting class? I don't think that you can give it a bad grade. I mean, it finished in the top five, number four overall. But can you absolutely positively give it an A+, plus? or are you going A-, minus? or are you just going with an A? Like. I think what, what, I think what's everyone the, going with? Texas. I think, I think most of the text line would be A or A+. Plus, so... 
Tyler, what do you think about this? What if we go on a scale of 1 to 100, like a mathematical grade? Ooh, okay. Because I think that's going to give a little more... A little more opportunity to get because I think, I mean, top five class, top four class. I don't think there's any way it's an below an A, like so. No, there's no way. In my opinion, a, a B plus, like that's not. It's you like can't. yeah, you're looking for a reason to be upset about right. this class. Right, and I and I think you did you get every single target out there? No, but n- nobody else did either. Like I, Alabama didn't even get any of its top targets. This is. A defensive class that you haven't gotten in a long time. So if you want to go with the hundred uh, rating, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, and I'm going to put it somewhere around a ninety-eight. You're going to go ninety-eight. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm man. I'm I'm lower on the must-win for tonight, and I'm lower on this. Let me go. I'll go ninety-five because I think David Hicks. You know, I I think that recruitment is one that we're going to remember for a while. Um, I think I think 95 because I think that and I think maybe somewhere else along the defensive line, whether that was, uh, you know, you look like a Jordan Raynaud or something like that, where sure. you could have somebody else come in uh, besides Derek LeBlanc, uh, next to Derek LeBlanc on that line. So I think, I mean, I think everywhere else, obviously, you aced quarterback, you aced edge. Uh, you know, secondary. I think you aced running secondary, back. I love this. We're class. not talking running about a whole lot fantastic. about running back, but you got two really good players. Yeah, there. in twenty twenty four, offensive he, line, you got four guys. And like yeah. Sean texting in, you covered. Um, he says a a a cover for all needs, and that's that's yeah. it, man. And like, I think in, I think interior defensive line is the only knock I'll, I'll give on the class. Sure, and it still ends up being a ninety five out of a hundred for me. Which if you stack ninety fives, you're you know, ninety five with some development, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna end up on the big stage Absolutely. at some point. Absolutely, at least you should. But yeah, I think I think when you look back at it, is you know David Hicks. That's I mean, you you get David Hicks in this class, then you're looking at it as arguably the as as good as Oklahoma can do, like as good as Oklahoma can do. You know, five star edge rush, five star interior, five star quarterback. You know, five star defensive back. Like that's, but but I do think a ninety five is a really good grade. Really good grade. When you can name all of the misses that you've had, that lets you know right. that it was a really good class. Oh, because absolutely. there's some schools out there and some schools that, you know, finish in the top fifteen that there's so many misses that they've had that you can't name all of them. Like we can't Colton Vosick, David Hicks, Tacelia Kana, you mentioned Jordan Renat. Like there's not a long list of names to right. mention and you're for like, misses to like that's it's like to me that proves how good of a class. And it part was. of it is you have to think like wide receiver, right? Like Anthony Evans decommitted. But did we really press hard? For that third wide receiver, or did we say, well, you know, we've kind of got a coach in, you know, kind of in flux right there, and we can go into the portal. Like, like they wanted to go portal. Yeah, man. some of those things are okay. We could take a third wide receiver here, but we don't necessarily need to. So, um, and I think I think Taylor Heim coming in late could yeah. could develop into a nice prospect. Cody so. says, well, that's the best thing about this uh, recruiting class is as good as we feel about it now. There's some. Um, you know, unknown pieces that could make it look even better. In well, I mean, four you years. look at like, that's, and that's kind of the point, I guess. You look at guys like Cade McIntyre, Eric McCarty, Taylor Heim. Like those are guys that played all over the field in high school. I mean, Eric McCarty. I mean, we saw tape of him carrying tacklers as running back. We saw him at safety. We saw him all over the place. Cade McIntyre was the same. He got put in the tight end room, um, and then obviously, you know, we've talked about Taylor Heim a lot. You know, track champion, state champion uh, with track and field, you know, stand out on the basketball court, played 
all three ways uh, in, in football. So you, you got a lot of guys in this class where you've got the top end five stars, but you got a lot of guys that can just be molded into kind of whatever you need them to be. Let me read about three responses here. We'll hit a break and hit the others on the uh, on the other side. A 95 is impressive by itself, but coming off a six and seven season, it is amazing. Uh, Gutty says, I'm in the 96 to 97 range. Cody says, 98. Best recruiting class in what? 10 to 20 years? Maybe ever? This one from the 580, 97, went 6 and 7. BV and staff did well to put together class that they did. Well, what's interesting is that point, right? Coming off the 6 and 7 year. This is what... This is what it comes down to, how good your coaches are at selling the program, right? It's... Hey, you know, we went six and seven. You know why we went six and seven? Because we don't have you. <laughs> because we don't have our elite guys like you. And that's what I mean. There are kids in the 2024 class saying that. Nigel Smith is saying that, saying, "Hey, look, they don't have their guys. Once they get their guys in, you know, they'll turn it around." But they're looking at it as a lot of these guys are saying early playing time, early playing time. If OU wins nine games last year, Tyler. Are, are you know our recruits still saying, man? I went there because of early playing time. Well, yeah, well, the, it, so it, it, it really depends on how to, you sell. Hey, it, right? we're trying to we're trying to push it over the top. We need exactly. you man, to push it over. You so can always use that line. I feel yeah, like. so there's so many lines you can use in recruiting. So it really comes down to how good of a salesman are you? Do you believe what you're selling? I think the Soul Mission has hit really well with everybody that was a junior day. That kind of stuff, that extra stuff around the program. Uh, you know, how's the NIL coming along? You know, Crimson and Cream stuff. Like, that. that's all important. But, you know, off a of six and seven year, you can say, I needed my guys in. Hey, early playing time. Off a of, off a of ten eleven win year, you can say, "Yeah, man, we win here. We're at Oklahoma. We don't miss a beat. Come on!" All right, what was this class on a scale of one to one hundred? One hundred being the highest. We'll get to your responses coming up next. Keep it locked to the ref. Make the right call. All right, let's get to your responses on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This OU recruiting class 2023 on a scale of 1 to 100, 100 being the highest. What does it look like? By the way, this hour brought to you by Cavens Construction, cavensconstruction.com. Uh, they can do anything for your home or your office building, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance, remodeling, a whole lot more. Check them out, cavensconstruction.com. 95, says the first texter. Great overall class, but missed the mark where it matters the most on the interior D-line and O-line. On the O-line, possibly one impact player, three projects, D-line, same story, possibly one impact player and one project. I don't feel like this coaching staff views um, three projects across the offensive line, but I, I guess time will tell. No, and I, and I think where I know it immediately is Josh Bates is largely considered the best center true center in the class keep in mind right now like Andrew Rame he didn't play center at Broken Arrow he played left tackle right which is where often your best player is going to be he was a state champion at Broken Arrow uh, at left tackle so Rame playing center right it's it Bates Joshua Bates played center in high school and is one of the best centers if not the best center uh, coming out of high school so him and Caden Green I think guaranteed I think can fall into the impact side of things and then you can we can debate the other two all we want but I don't think the coaching staff sees it as one impact in three projects 405 fourth ranked class in the nation fourth ranked class in the SEC understand we're not in the SEC yet 96.5 overall uh here's a 93 and a few of the misses a 94 Brian says 69 just for Teddy but 95 really 
Zane says my official grade is 69 plus 20. Current roster needed quality defensive tackles, 96, 97 range, 98. Everyone's right around the mid-90s. You know, some are, you know, saying more 95, somewhere upwards of 98. No one's given it a perfect 100, and I don't think that you should give it a perfect 100. But is it in the mid to high 90s? Yeah, I, I think absolutely it is because you covered a lot of needs. Yeah. A lot of needs. And you might just have a dude at quarterback as well. Like, somehow that's, like, overlooked a little bit with all this. Will but Fong says he's uh, the best in the country. Yeah. Hour 2 The Rush, coming up next. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, The Ref, Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series.